Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. Hey, what's up? Thank you for checking out Social Jello with Angelo. Today I'm going to be interviewing eighth degree professor. Black belt. Oh, really? I couldn't jumble that really good. He's a black belt practice. <laughs> Project Kembo. You can hear him in the background. His name is Tim Gaskell. Um, he has this great product line called Kaju Life. Some really sick gear like hoodies and fleece jackets and t-shirts. I really do recommend you check it out. We're going to talk a lot, little bit about that and his journey. So here we go. All right, so here we are, Tim. What's up, brother? Not much, bro. I'm happy to be here. Thank you very much for having me, man. So, a little bit about you. I, you know, as you heard the intro, um, yeah. I, I, I always tell my my listeners, I don't know Tim. <laughs> I don't know any. I don't know anybody. Yeah. Actually, I meet people online and I get to know them on the show. So, Tim, yeah. And I, Definitely. I'm really happy that we got to meet because of the Kaju Life product line that I have going on with um, my website. Now, I'm, I'm a Kaju Kembo black belt. Uh, I'm a professor eighth degree, uh, currently the vice president of the um, Ordinance Kaju Kembo Ohana. And I've been training in Kaju Kembo since uh, the early 80s. And I've had a lot of adventures with a lot of uh, the Kaju Kembo legends and a lot of, you know, personal time and very deep memories with that as well. And I, I don't really have, you know, like how uh, most of our uh, Kajikembo systems somehow feel divided. I really like to just, you know, have a, a good open arm to everybody and always chat it up with people in, in the happiest of ways. Cause that's, that's really what it's about when we got to adapt to the times. Um, you know, which is really what I love about your stuff, you know, like uh, watching Social Jello just in general, watching your your clips in your dojo and you throwing down or teaching how you throw down. Like I say, it's it would, in my opinion, if anyone, you know, could ever kind of just quote it, I, I think you would be making uh, the principles of the what the founders had laid down, uh, you know, those pillars of Kajikembo like Guaranez and uh, Nanoi, Sijo and Parado, and just in general, uh, the, the other founders as we have them as as awesome as they are they would be pretty proud of what you're doing over there you know kind of crossing borders and uh, building up and adapting to your own style so uh, much you know on you know honor to you <laughs> and thank you very much for even just hosting this and making you know stuff like this possible for us well, uh, and again you know I, I was happy we met over the Kaju life stuff versus uh, in general, you know, Kaju Kembo forums where we're, you know, showing rank or here, I'm, I'm this belt, here, you're this belt. I feel really happy that it was just kind of uh, at this level first, you know. So I'm, I'm happy to talk about what I got. Like you said, thank you for the introduction. Um, I, I have uh, some of the products here with me that I thought were just keepers for me. Uh, when I made the first uh, snapback, oh, I don't know. It's nice. probably mirror image, right? But you can see. No, kind it's, of, it's not uh, mirror image. I, it's I can not, read okay, it. Yeah, okay, okay. On, on mine, it's mirror image. But let me see if I can get closer without it getting too blurry. So, uh, you know, Kaju Life, uh, dude, we've been doing this for life. You know, I, I've been doing this since I was a kid. A mat brat, two, three, four, five, that kind of thing. Family gets started in it. My mother got us started. My father came in. My, you know, my older brother, my sister. 
and you know they practiced got rank we were with the emperado family for a while we initially got our rank through uh alan reyes uh reyes campo karate in in fairfield at sassoon right and you know you know rest in peace to uh you know uh uncle alan there it ended up being just like uh you know everyone passing kind of at the same time just shortly after my my dad passed away so we just passed the one-year anniversary of both you know alan reyes and you know my dad and you know we all kind of grew up in this uh, awesome culture that was pretty outside of what the rest of um, my world was like you know i live here uh, in napa california and so the environment is is pretty just kind of across the board uh, mixed with a bunch of cultures that do all sorts of different things and so no one really treads on other people's stuff and i think that's really really awesome they're open to other people's stuff and you know you didn't have to let's just say you didn't have to lie to kick it you know and it was really open and accepted that you, you could do something like that and so when I came up and I was a little bit odd out of the group, as almost anyone could say, is that, well, I studied, you know, Hawaiian martial arts and culture. I went to luau's every year and, you know, we would up going to Hawaii and training and doing all these crazy things. And it's, you know, not often, it, it's often that I, I get beat up. It's not often I get to play regular sports, you know, you know, Hey, don't, don't go. My, I, I remember this, this day uh, in the kitchen when I was a kid and I asked if I could play football. Right. And my mother said, no you can't play football. I said, why? And she said, because you'll get hurt. <laughs> and I said, wait, <laughs> I just spent like all this time going through martial arts, getting my butt kicked. She goes, no, 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 no. I'm afraid that, you know, you, you'll, you'll damage your knees if you play football and I want you to have knees for a really long time. And I said, oh, okay. Okay. So I really took that one to heart. And I, I just kind of, you know, had sport fun, went around and just played fun with, with all of the buddies instead of, you know, joining any kind of uh, team. Uh, so I kind of dabbled in that, but you know, so martial arts has always been the sport of my life, but also kind of the, the, the doll, you know, the way of the, the life in that sense. And I took it to some really crazy levels, dabbling in as many martial arts as I could, uh, springboard off from Kajikembo, uh, being more of the, you know, Eskrima, Arnis, uh, stick fighting, knife fighting, and then into the softer styles, uh, along with some. Uh, uh, hard styles and tandem, but I guess the softer styles of uh, you know what would stem from Japan. So you could look at Aikido for a little bit of that, but then really stepping into Bakuazhang, you know, in the Bakuazhang from the, the the Chinese series of which and the wrestling for that Taiji uh, Chen, you know, so having Yang style, Chen style, Wu style, Sun style, and training some of the boxing methods for the tai chi track and also doing uh in my teen years uh capoeira and bjj and danzan ryu and just kind of this entire mix it, it was great uh took a trip to japan i am very envious of you sir you're living out there that that must be the life right but as a teen i had gone to japan and uh, it was just an exchange program, so a very short-lived period of time, but enough to be very potent, right? And at that time, I had enough phrases to do some damage or to just get myself in trouble, 
and enough to be able to understand some things, but it was still at that time very fresh, very green. So I could introduce myself, understand simple conversation and go back and forth with certain things and be able to be gracious. That was the first thing that, you know, I just tried to make sure that I was in is in that form. Right. So you got to go to, uh, well, flew to, you know, Tokyo, Narita Airport, and then right from there flew up to uh, Sapporo and stayed one night. I actually, you know, like a, it was a two, two day thing, uh, one night and we took off the, the, the second day. Uh, but uh, we went to a temple in Sapporo and then an eight hour train ride um, to the kind of southeastish of Hokkaido. And it was in Otofuke. And that was a, it was kind of like a, a sister city or sister town that was very close to how uh, Napa was. It, it was, uh, you know, kind of a, a vegetation area, farm area that cultivated a lot of uh, products for, um, you know, most of Hokkaido and northern Japan, all this fun stuff. It was like, wow, that's quite a resource of an area that's agricultural and similar to when you think of where we're at here in Napa in California, that you have... Uh, not just wine country, but all of the other diverse foods and fruits and meats and, you know, things coming out of this particular area of uh, whatever we're generating from a modern cultural standpoint, right, for the last uh, 50 to 100 years or so from this area, right? So it was beautiful to kind of be in that spot that kind of felt like home. So already I felt like it was second nature to kind of be there. Got a chance to meet the mayor of the town, have a uh, traditional tea ceremony with the mayor. Uh, and we did, you know, all that. It was really cool. Got to wear, uh, you know, the the, the traditional, uh, what is it, the yukata? Or the yukata. Yeah, so that we, we had those on and we, we did the entire channel you uh, ceremonies and uh, it was very it was really a blast of, of culture for me uh, did a taiko thing over there uh, up on the stage with a, a group and uh, people were there just to kind of meet and greet uh, there was there was a fair number of people there that we got to talk to and I still felt uh, very intimidated by how little Japanese I could understand and dish, dish out right um, we we went to the high school and I got to, got a chance to stay about two weeks, uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Into the two week period kind of over that uh, and through a festival uh, in late August uh, in Japan. And so the high school was so much fun. You know, uh, I couldn't understand anything that was going on, but I got to sit there and try. And that was, that was the best, but the, some of the coolest memories of that trip were when I got to do kendo and when I got to do jujitsu, oh. right. Uh, or just in general judo. Right. And, um, I, I walk in and I, I, I had already been familiar with kendo and I was really, you know, having fun and trying to think I was, I was awesome at kendo. And I, I kind of had a different, I guess, an unorthodox method like most college people do. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, they, they kind of put us in the, uh, they, they put us in all the kendo gear and we go through a bit of the training and then we get to go and, and fence off. Well, I had a fun time fencing off with uh, some of the team members and they were very surprised as to how quick I, I actually was in that form. And yeah, I made, you know, at least a couple of matches uh, because I surprised them. 
And then the other, you know, following matches, they caught on. So I lost. <laughs> and there was, you know, there's always that that classic, like one per the captain or whoever's less than that. And they're just sitting there and they're they're really just their hand everything is like not even moving. Then all of a sudden it goes and then all of a sudden you're like you you kind of raise a little bit and then boom and you're just snapped. And you went, Oh, I moved and I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy won. You you're like, ah! I was screaming and stuff. And I was like, Oh, well, I died. I did. I died. You know? <laughs> uh, but I, and you know, you, you, uh, you know, honorably bow out and you, you, you step out and the, you know, you get, you know, everyone as the group got uh, praised by the coach and the team. And then I, I made some friends directly with that. Uh, the following day was uh, uh, judo. Right. And I was a lot more familiar with judo than I was uh, with kendo. So I ended up, uh, I, they, they have the Americans on the one side and, and it's a spattering of gals who have never done anything before. And then, you know, one gal that does soccer, the guy who's next to me, who's uh, kind of a taller, lanky guy, really nice guy, but a photographer, very artistic um and probably and then the the other guy who's a little bit more rough and tumble but uh he's a little bit softer on approach and happier nonetheless but i think all of them have never been punched in the face once (laughs) (laughs) and that kind of changes a person when you've been you know hit punched and all that stuff it kind of changes your brain and how you look at engagement with uh even friendly player combat so uh during those judo matches i put up a, a fair a fair fight and uh you know went through again some of the ranks and got up to some of the other people and i got up to some of the the top because everyone there is either wearing black belt or whatever they are they're seniors or whoever it is i don't know they put us in white belt and that's fine and we got the smelly geese the smelly geese were great (laughs) (laughs) those are the lenders yeah, the lenders are great. The ones that they, it's a little bit late in the week and they haven't quite washed it. They wash it. Not every day. That wastes water. You can't waste water. You just wait till the end of the week. It's fine. It's just sweat. There, there's, there's, there's no uh, staph infections here. <laughs> right. And, but that was back in the 90s, right? So there was a little bit less regulation. Anyway, I had fun, you know, out there training. And uh, in 06, which was about a decade later, I had gone to China. And in between then, I had started training uh, wushu, gong fu, in different methods of the the, the animal systems, um, as well as just uh, nan tren, you know, just different standard fist methods, and tai chi chuan, which was mostly the People's Republic version of the Yang 24, which was made back in the 50s. And as well, we had in that same... Um, grouping of knowledge it was mostly the popularized styles that were like the 1988 or 89 version of the young 42 and you know some of the the chen style forms some of the newer ones and it wasn't until i came across an instructor who was uh, really well versed in the chinese martial arts that ended up uh showing me uh, a series of um just branches in in like really rapid time just right in front of me just said okay here's this system this system this system this system here's all the meanings behind them here's the history behind them and by having so many layers of these concepts of between history and uh you know the cosmology how it relates you know how it relates to the stars uh, you know how it relates to numerology how it affects the human body the so the medicine the artistic side 
the astrological side, the astronomical side, and uh, you know, so a lot of the different takes of how Chinese martial arts could be viewed as much more than just a martial art, but rather something that uh, embarks on something called like the five excellences, or just the excellences in general. You know, they wanted to have that. Uh, that powerful number, you know, between yin and yang and its four principles with the five elements and the eight, you know, all, yeah, 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 all the fancy numbers. And I became really enthralled with just how deep martial arts could get. Uh, because where I was traditionally brought up was you hit them and they fall down. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it was shallow. It was effective. Because the goal was very direct. You know, this is a self-defense martial art that has a spiritual side. That spiritual side happens when you are doing the Kajikamba prayer. And then the spirit is with you as you're doing your training. And then you get down, you take off your belt, and then you're able to step back into what you are as you left it at the door before you stepped on the mat. You know, that was a very, very pure traditional viewpoint. You get down on your knees, put your hands down. You have someone protecting you, looking over you. Everyone chants. Then when everyone chants, you know, you have your sergeant in arms step away from the door. You get up, you praise honor. You know, you both everybody, the instructors, and, you know, everything that is, right? So and that was that was a very traditional viewpoint for, you know, the Reyes Campo Karate group as well as our group for the longest time. And then we wanted to kind of spread that out and we ended up being a little bit more open to every denomination. Therefore, we ended up doing more of a goal setting. And we brought in more of a goal setting, which was now is your time to set your you know, an internal chant. And we had people focus on breathing, focus on their belly, focus on the pulse, focus on how that is arranged to kind of fuel their calmness uh, of no mind principle, mushi no mushi, right? The, the uh, hui wu wei, action of no action principle for uh, the, the engagement between whatever it is. And, you know, that philosophy and trying to teach that philosophy to people kind of spun me into being more of, well, now I have to study the philosophy of all this stuff. So you start reading everybody's poetry, everybody's books, everybody's stuff, the self-reflection and how their martial arts and its effectiveness, you know, made them think about the world in a different way. Being punched made them think about, you know, the world in a different way, go figure. Um, so for me, I, I tried to bring, you know, a lot of this to my community uh, through what demographic my community had. And it was strong with kids, but most of the martial arts programs around here had really strong kids programs. Kudos, you know, they got it, right? And ours had a fair number, but more so we had the wellness programs with the aging community, uh, those that were being affected with arthritis or stroke recovery or Parkinson's or any of these particular uh, medical issues that they needed help recovering from post what their insurance was going to allow them to, to kind of take care of. Right. So I felt like Kajukembo as effective as it was for external martial arts, uh, really, uh, wasn't the martial art necessary for that demographic for the aging community. 
you know, there would be a much more effective way to give them external martial arts if, if they had the physical capacity to, to work that, you know, and more often would they, you know, have that ability to do something simple like, uh, you know, being prepared and trained with and conditioned with a sidearm of sorts, you know, rather than being able to punch and kick someone. I think it would be better to do something like that for that type of individual, but that depends on the mind frame of that person. So what we were approached with was, how can we get that person to get up out of their chair and walk again, raise their arms up again, start breathing normally again, have a more erect posture again, and start uh, having an increased quality of life? We found like the community really needed it, and it, it really still does. And I see that kind of spreading, especially you know, because of the unfortunate times of this entire year. So um, that's what brings me to... to kind of like all the way up into this this time frame of 2020 where most of my community where I brought Tai Chi, yoga, Qigong as an internal martial art too, kind of came to a halt. You know, I, I couldn't, I would, I was no longer able to teach at any of my resource centers like the gyms or the wellness centers or the uh, uh, assisted living centers or maybe some of the nonprofit funded uh, senior living communities, right? As, as well, my dojo, because it, everyone went shelter in place and no one could throw anything down for months, right? Remember? And that just, that really uh, hit it kind of hard, but made me go inside and meditate quite a bit. I was really happy for those prior years. I was contemplating, you know, is everything going to fold? You know, am I going to have to close everything down? Right. Or am I going to be able to continue going with this? So what do I need to do to open that that up? And I had already uh, put together a website for uh, my Tai Chi course and I called it my Tai Chi course. <laughs> you know, and it was just like I, I, it's nothing. It, it's, it's, it's not that it's it's something extraordinary. It, it's 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 a system of Tai Chi that is directly for a demographic of people that have uh, a need for wellness, uh, internal martial arts, right? Okay. And then everyone's here, here eh, 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 and I'm rambling, you know, this is stuff that you could probably edit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, you just I, stop me, whatever. Right? Yeah, like I, said, I don't, I don't edit anything out, but I so do like, I, I do. Oh yeah, please. Ask, I have a few questions um, that I want to come back to you with right now, real quick. So before please. you, you, if you have a, if you have a, if you have a direction you're trying to go into, uh, write it down real quick, mm -hmm. and then you can continue. From oh, there. I got it up here. But there's um, there's a few things I, I wanted to get to real quick, and Please. one of the things I want to mention to my listeners, and I always say this, is how, uh, is, kind of the, uh, the difference between, the difference between, Kaja Kimball schools and how each one is different and we're giving again we're given the liberty to do what we want yes. and say and run our programs however we'd like mm -hmm. but there'll always be these little differences so like one of the differences that i wanted to mention was the sergeant of arms because right now anybody listening who from kaja kimball knows what you're talking about but anybody who does any mma guy who's listening right now or any any, any other martial artist like what's the sergeant of arms uh, the Sergeant of Arms was a failed concept in my school. <laughs> I was I was the first and last Sergeant of Arms in the oh. program because oh. well, the, next, kudos to you. The, the next guy, I guess, did so badly 
that my instructor got sick of calling me. I can't believe so and so didn't open the. I can't. I can't <laughs> do this anymore. <laughs> it's done. You are. He told me. He finally calls me one day after like the thousandth complaint of the new sergeant of arms. He's like, "You were the first and last sergeant of arms. I'm never doing this ever again." Yeah. So the sergeant of arms is kind of like a, a an assistant to the head instructor who helps set the class up, open class, close class. If there's flags, he uh, he does the post ceremonies to fold up the flags properly and put them away. Um, he's also the person that parents can greet parents as they come in. He's, he's like the second, he's like a, an apprentice, if you will, to the yeah. head instructor. See, that, that's an interesting, um, that's an interesting one. Uh, the, there was in the in the Reyes Campo Karate group, Sergeant in Arms was the second rank to the first person in the class. So the highest ranking person was the assistant that okay. was also teaching class or assisting teaching class or uh, getting everybody by command to grab things, put things away, clean things up, make things happen, right? And then the second person, the second in command would have uh, done the sergeant in arms, which was at the point in time we do the prayer that second rank would stand up and do the, you know, salute and then step away and go to the door, the door that separates the dojo from the outside or wherever that is, whatever that is, and stand in set position and ready position facing the outside. And no one at that time is allowed to come in. No one has, is allowed to go out, right? That is a time where people are prevented from walking in because the people who are training, their eyes are closed. The instructor is looking over the people, making sure the people are doing the chant as well as making sure that the door is safe. And yeah, that was pretty much it. At that point, once the prayer was done, the sergeant in arms uh, came together and then walked back to position, went down. And yeah, that sergeant in arms was doing the prayer while in set position, standing at the door facing outward. And then that brings me to my second point to anybody listening. Yeah. Um, Kajukembo is, was, is, is, I'll say was in the past tense because it still is. We'll say yeah. was, was, is. Um, a Christian martial art uh, in Hawaii. That's how it started as a Christian martial art. As time went by, some some different schools changed things a little bit. My instructor um, at the community center, right? Especially because, well, he never had it though, because he but because he got this. Who was your instructor again, bro? Oh, oh yeah, my uh, professor Ronnie Sigiri. Okay, so he comes from the Abad method. So yes, they did yes. have. They did have the Kaju Kimbo prayer at one point, but when I guess the story I heard was when they got into the community centers, the community centers were non-denominational and they had yeah. different religions there. So they said, we're going to have, you guys can't make people pray, they told them. So That's correct. what they did was they uh, they made it so that we, uh, we would, I, th I guess the way they would do it in the beginning of class, the prayer got turned into 10 seconds of meditation. Now, but, I got here yeah. way later. So when I came in, it was already just meditation. We'd bow in. Um, yeah. We'd do our stretches. After our stretches, we'd do like 10 seconds of meditation start. And it was not – and he'd also – he was very like legal about how he said it. Right now, we're just going to do some breathing exercises. He didn't even exactly. call it meditation. That, so it sounds like we transitioned into the same thing your instructor transitioned <laughs> yeah, to as well because of the same liability yeah. issue. Yeah, yeah. The, and at the, at the end of it, we would do uh, – we'd bow out. We'd go down on one knee. We go down to one knee, which is to symbolize the prayer at the end, but we yeah. just go down to one knee and then both knees yeah. 
And then any new people he would mention, why, like, so once I get a question, why do we go down on one knee? Is this like a ninja thing or something? <laughs> Absolutely. It's a ninja thing. It's a ninja yeah, thing. keep it like that. That's really cool. I like that. We can make it a ninja thing. Everything adapts, right? It could be anything now. So, <laughs> I'm going to was honest. He's like, at one point, there was a Kaji Kembo prayer, and this was mm-hmm. this would be the point where you'd pray. Um, but hey, just letting you know, we're not doing that here. And, <laughs> and also to let you know that if you do go to another Kaji Kembo school, don't be surprised if there is a Kaji Kembo prayer. Or an, event. Or, or an event, yeah. The, they do they do that in some of in some of their in some of their traditional yeah. roots. So just keep that in mind. So just oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, little side yeah. note. Everybody out there uh, hearing that number of to, as to what the sergeant in arms was. Now that's 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 very old school for me. That's you know eighties through nineties there, and then uh, beyond that time period, liability set in, and yeah, definitely freedom of religion and other things kind of play. So you have to adapt, and that's what you know not just the teaching style but what the art is really about and what that kind of makes us uh look at as well and that, that's where i come to the difference between uh where most people like uh have a discussion about what internal martial arts and external martial arts and how something like tai chi is not an effective martial art and how something like uh, muay thai is stronger than tai chi i mean they're both amazing martial arts with a certain type of uh, weight in these varying components because of their intention and when you train with a certain intention then it's geared towards that that goal right uh the fighter trains to fight the internal practitioner trains to generate and cultivate versus the fighting method but there is still an internal uh to put it simply a war or battle that's constant i i in the native american culture you would say it's the war of the two wolves inside of the heart you know one is benevolent and tyrannical and the one you feed wins and so as an internal practitioner versus an external practitioner we're both training for the same thing uh, a circumstance that occurs that puts us in a defense that allows us to fight or engage and prevent or protect ourselves and so we we say what is external self-defense or external martial arts right things like kickboxing and all that other stuff uh kajukembo included right well, that would be by self-defense to protect myself, uh, to protect others, you know, my friends, my family, and by others, that also includes the attacker. Um, some people would not agree, but by the finishing of that, to protect those from undue harm. So protect myself, my others, my friends, family, and the attacker from undue harm. That doesn't mean don't break the guy's leg or something, you know, break his arm. He'll live or they'll live, you know, they'll learn to not punch you again. You know, that's a teaching lesson. That's a life lesson. But you're letting that person live and you're being, you know, humble about that because a lot more could have happened. And that's not necessarily uh, uh, a boasting comment. We know as practitioners of serious martial arts and any practitioner of a serious martial arts knows how much damage they can create to someone or something or a group of people have they end up unleashing that. And it's, that's not a measure of pride. That's a measure of reality. There is a probability that someone like us, yes, even though we have trained externally to, to control ourselves, that we could unleash a lot onto a opponent or opponents. Uh, and the motivation could be really strong. Someone messes with your family and then, oh, no, it's off, bro. No, it's like, you know, we're going. It's it's in. 
you know and that's that's something you know where people kind of change their their perception on on how they they look at external martial arts and they think that one percent probability for most people of you know them getting accosted or pushed or punched um, is is so low that they don't have to train for it. But we train for that one percent. For most people who are in law enforcement or the military, that's higher than one percent, and that's still uh, enough to generate things like PTSD and to throw people into uh, some kind of component that now takes them to the internal side right and so when i when i discuss philosophically this difference between external and internal they're the exact same right on the external martial arts that self-defense thing that we talk about to protect yourself uh to protect others and to protect your attacker from a new harm right and then you have internal to protect yourself, to protect the others, to protect the attacker from undue harm. Now we have to define what those other two are. Well, that's easy. Myself, this, me, it, the consciousness that we can always question in whatever fashion. The others, your organs, your viscera, the components that make you you, the the system and the chemicals and all that stuff that happen. And then what's the attacker? Unfortunately, that's you. So whether it be, you know, you're holding your keys and you're looking for your keys and you're getting angry about trying to find your keys, but the keys are in your hand. And then you finally figure out that when you unclench your angered fist and hand, you see that your keys were in your hand. So you get angry that you didn't realize that your keys were in your hand. You know, some people would burst out in laughter hearing something like that because they've been there and they realize, well, that was the attacker. I attacked myself and by doing that, what are we talking about by harm? Well, when, when you're angry and you're, you're pushing yourself into that form, you have the series of changes electrically in the brain and chemically in the brain that create stress. And that stress does eat at you chemically. And it creates problems for the rest of the system. So it creates disharmony in the body and kind of destabilizes or unstabilizes chi. And we can talk about chi in all sorts of different ways. And I can talk about that for hours in another social jello. But this is where it came into, you know, comparing what people may discuss, like maybe Joe Rogan or maybe some other people that really slam, really, really slam Tai Chi and say that stuff is worthless. I'll say right now, I have used Tai Chi Chuan and Ba Gua Zhang for fighting and it's effective. Why? Because efficient moves are exactly that. You either do them and you can compare them and you can see, wow, that person's shape. And they don't, I bet they don't even study Bakwa Zhang. That's a fighter in an MMA match. And he just threw a Bakwa Zhang technique. I bet they didn't think it was. I bet they thought it was this kind of thing. I bet in their brain, they didn't even know what they were doing when they were doing it. They just went for it. And then everyone else in their own systems hyperanalyze and say, oh, well, that's, you know, parting the wild horse's mane or, or that's somehow the guy's taking the guy's back kind of, you know, so they compare those modes and it's really effective, right? And kind, of, kind, of, kind of touching on what you're saying here, mm -hmm. I, I remember the whole martial arts community, they went into a huge fury, not fury, but like a, uh, yeah. they, they were just raging and on and on, so excited about Conor McGregor's knockout shoulder shoulder ramp, right? Oh yeah, and that's that's a very that's a, that's a typical move in a lot of different kung fu styles is in, to attack with the shoulder. Oh which yeah, is, which is interesting though. Like, but with Conor McGregor, they're, they're just like, oh, you know, McGregor yeah. did it. What is this thing? Let's break it down. And, and like, 
I, I really go back to a, what I read about um, before I did Kaja Kembo and I was trying to figure stuff out on my own. And I came across Bruce Lee's book. Uh, he had just a great quote. Tao of Jikundo. Yeah, the Tao of Jikundo. And he talked about how unless a person can grow two extra arms or two extra legs, at the end of the day, when someone starts this martial arts journey, that they're all the same. That, that a lot of people divide themselves among styles, saying this is karate, or this is kung fu, or this is jiu-jitsu, this is Brazilian jiu-jitsu, this is wrestling, this is Greek wrestling, this is catch wrestling. But at the end of the day, if you embark on this journey of what can my body do, I want to defend myself. And there'll always be, like you said, that second half, how do I heal? Right yeah. now, even, even the BJJ community right now, there's a really big thing about recovery training. How do, I, Parkinson. how do I heal? Because it's so hard on your body. What am yeah. I supposed And now there, even, even in the hardest of styles, you're going to have this component of, okay, so I want to live longer. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I did this to live longer, but my neck is killing me from holding that triangle choke. <laughs> so like what do i do what do i do how do i train I, like when i can't slam somebody or, or get someone to try and that's where the again i agree that, that know, the soft physical comes side in. definitely takes its toll i mean not and and it's not just physical i mean some of those mma fighters you guys are taking elbows to the face knees to the face you know it, muhammad ali bro he he took some pretty harsh hits to the head and you know, it's not uncommon to have things like pseudo Parkinson's creep up on people like us because we've been hitting the head. Now we got a factor. In, you know, you look at that or just in general, that shaken brain thing going on with football players and all that. And so it, you and they're not having super direct hits to the head, but they have body impact. And some of them do take some direct contact to the head pretty damn hard. Right. And that, you know, that that takes its toll over time and things that you can't really repair and that affect your body. And that's physically. But when you think about it this way as well, someone who has extreme PTSD doesn't need to be in the physical environment to have it triggered and to relive it and to be chemically there where it is visual. They are there. They're living it. It is, it is happening again. And it takes them to the stress point, then to a physical stress point, which is 90 mental, 10 physical, and that kind of fun approximation of a ratio of uh, mental to physical attributes, right? So you can see how the brain and how the body truly have a connection problem over the period of time where the brain imagines or accesses the region that helps the imagination and the chemical production from it to spin off or to, to step off of that into the next level, which takes them deeper into it like a dream. Uh, so that's the next level. Some of these fighters are going to come out of these cage matches thinking that they're in the cage and it probably happens when they're sleeping and they're throwing punches in their sleep or they're throwing gestures like they're kicking and they got enough. If they have a spouse next to them, that spouse has to make sure she's sleeping like this, you know, kind of thing. And that she has good front kicks too, you know, or he has good front kicks too, depending on what's kind of fighting thing you got working on. And that, uh, the internal component now takes care of not just the physical damage, but the emotional and mental traumatization that occurs that stays in the imagination. When I say visualize a punch coming to your head, counter that punch, maneuver around the punch, create the other counter, throw the person down to the floor, now lock them up. I bet you can do it. 
And I bet most of the people who watch the show who are martial artists can do that in an instant and throw down, know exactly the options for almost all of those circumstances. Now that chemical that is happening is minute, but it's still there. An Olympic runner with an EEG scanner on their brain told to visualize running in the form that they do and then put them in the environment on a treadmill, say, go, and they start going. The brain signal matched up within very little of a, of a fluctuation or a variant right there. And that tells you the brain is so powerful to produce from the imagination, being the platform of the mind and the controller of the brain. That circumstance for something like reimagining a fight is just as real as having the fight, minus the physical dish of that particular impact as it would have occurred from the past, right? But this is still feeling it. That's where yoga, tai chi, qigong meditation actually kind of step in. So Kajukembo practitioners that have taken a lot of hits to the head, uh, if they don't have already an internal practice, whether it be prayer, whether it be meditation, whether it be just chilling out in the sun with whatever, you know, thing they want and just kind of lay back and just soak up the rays, bro, and just not have a thing to do about it, you know, or maybe your time is the, the nighttime and you're out there and you're just chilling out under the start, whatever it is that you need to connect back to you so that you can get back into the real fight or the real game then great, because Kaju Kembo is just one layer of that real game, as we know, when you get to a certain level. Hopefully people like uh, newscasters or podcasters like Joe Rogan and all these other people can come to this kind of conclusion or an agreement that self-defense lays both ways. The call of the question has to be answered. If you're a fighter, then fight and train like a fighter. If you're an internal practitioner, don't step in the ring with the fighter like a dumbass. And if you're a fighter and you step into the ring with an internal arts practitioner, know the arena is not about how hard you can hit. It's more about how much you can surf inside and feel the components that make you you. And that takes the fight into a different stage into a different ring right it's still there but it's perceived differently and it actually counteracts like what we were just talking about and it's so interesting I, like, like what yeah. you just mentioned and i mean again we got also taking consideration i i i i've talked shit about rogan before <laughs> but then again it, <laughs> well, it's, and it's because at the same time he's got a strong personality bro what happens with Joe Rogan, you got to remember he's a, he's a professional comedian and he's said it before. Oh yeah. Right. Like sometimes I am joking. So don't take everything I say. Seriously. I think he made a joke about, uh, Oh wait, who, who's, uh, boy, wait, wait, I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, who's the kickboxer? McCrop, McCrop. Oh, oh, he made like a small joke about Mirko Krokop. Oh, he was pissed. Like, <laughs> pissed. I guess he tweeted him like, we're not friends anymore. And I, oh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, 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 don't, don't be like, like that, He had to apologize on his podcast. Like, I'm not, I, didn't, I was just joking. And it reminds me. Yeah, man. You got to take, yeah, he's got to remember. That, that's, 
you can't take what most people say on these these podcasts and their heightened state of emotion to coax you out of your state of center, right? And, and you, again, you gotta like, you gotta kind of take it lighthearted. He's a comedian. Another you another know, thing I wanted to mention fun. though is he's even said um he's also said and like like you said that we're martial artists. So like when I listen to that show, people don't realize that when I listen to that show, I don't I'm not listening to Joe Rogan the UFC commentator. I know a lot of people yeah. love him and that's why, and I, I thank all the fans. Cause I did end up with some Joe Rogan fans. Cause I interviewed someone who he's promoter on his show before. I actually already interviewed two people from that, but so I do appreciate yeah. the listeners. Thank you for t- sticking around this long. Um, but one of the things that I do mention though, is as a martial artist, when I listen to it, yeah, I mean, I'm really happy for his success, but at the same time as a martial artist, some of the stuff he says, I completely disagree with as a martial artist. Oh yeah. Yeah, and no, likewise. But because I don't... There, I, there's a common thread that we could agree with, but yeah, yeah there's a lot that I, I would have to say. I think that's fine. And he comes from a Taekwondo background, which I can totally... Yeah. <laughs> which I which I can dismantle some other time, but I, as a... And, as and a, I can build up as well, too, because there's, <laughs> yeah. there's as what, you know, most of the Kajikembo world has been exposed to as the ATA, right? Yeah. Yeah. Versus, you know, actually meeting someone who's trained Taekwondo and it's fighting method yeah. and employs, you know, the punches included. And I've, I've met some very formidable Taekwondo practitioners yeah. as their primary who lay it pretty devastating. And I've met MMA fighters that came from Taekwondo. It's oh, yeah. not to take away from, from the, from their journey, but yeah. One of the things to touch on what you said though earlier about Please. the internal and meditation, right? He even Joe Rogan has talked about he meditates. He's yeah. talked about how he meditates. So, like, I think again, what a lot of people get kind of split up on is what you call it yeah. and where it came from. Yeah. No, right? absolutely. Because some people are completely okay. If I said to you, hey, um uh to relax. On a Sunday, I, I go with my church, and we sing so- we sing songs about God, and I listen to the pastor, and it yeah. makes me feel really good at the end of it. And I have this, I have this sense of community. Like and then, while well, some other people listen to that, be like, "Oh, that leaves me with a dirty feeling because of all this horrible stuff that happened in my life." Yeah, and, then and, their shadow. And I'm, and I'm more, yeah. yeah, and, and I'm, yeah, I'm an, and, they, I, and I'm an athe- I'm an atheist, and I believe yeah, that it should be this yeah. way. And, and my my center my center is found in taking long walks in the forest and there so you like go. so right. and I said and I, I was in the middle like hey that's that's good that's great the, these are two sides know, of the yeah. same coin like we don't we can yeah. I, in psychology we say operational definitions right yeah what is if it's a dog what's what makes up a dog does it have four legs does it have a tail like these things are really important when we're talking about self healing. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we're arguing, saying that's not a dog, that's not a dog. Wait a second, right. a wolf? Well, because it's a because that's a beagle and that's a wolf. They're not canines, yeah. like. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah, no, exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, there's there's multiple ways to look at it, and that's that's kind of the the philosophy that I stem from when I think about internal and external. That it has to fit the call, the question, what your environment is. I have people think of a question: uh, When was the last time you got into a fight, or when was the last time you got punched in the face? And you don't have to answer that, but you think about it, and then you think: When was the last time you know, like okay. So 
when was the last time that you were in a fight or punched in the face? And then when was the last time you fought with yourself? Right. And some people can answer that question very quickly. And then some people have a hard time answering that question. And some people's ego gets in the way of that question because that battle is almost uh, 24 seven because there's always a decision that's happening. And just that decision itself is somehow a part of or, or tethered with the, the internal battle that we talk about, right? So we talk about the high probability fight. And what we prepare for externally is that uh, now uh, less than 1% factor because of how we're socially distancing and creating this distance. And unless you're in law enforcement or you're forcing yourself upon others, that the circumstance is low that you have to use your you know, external martial arts, you know, and then what, how often now is it that you have to fight with yourself regarding things of change? So then that tells you your probability of where, where you should train or where you could train. And most of the time, as everything is 90, 10 and there's spiritual sides of Kaj and MMA and uh, Muay Thai and all of that. And then you can have that dose of it, that there should be some kind of hand in hand where you're taking just as much care of the higher probability event as well as the lowest probability event. You know, modern martial arts being effective could be anywhere between being really awesome with your sidearm and having a concealed carry and ready for any event, uh, having, you know, some kind of... Um, that training that allows you to help people in case of an emergency is, you know, maybe a first responder, you know, take the responsibility to do that stuff or just don't do it at all. You know, some people choose to really put themselves on the line, uh, go out there and fight fires, go out there and fight floods and, and pandemics and riots and, you know, their intention as Kajikembo practitioners in law enforcement or private security uh, they're putting themselves at risk in or and military, they put themselves at risk in order to make sure that their principles are upheld. And somewhere along that, if they're a Kajikembo practitioner out there doing that, then their principles are pretty much in line, the, the foundation of which to ours, which are very morally structured. And we know how we like to treat people. Yes, yeah, some people treat people badly. They talk bad about stuff. They smear people online. They they end up throwing something out there. And, you know, it takes a bigger person to not come back out on that forum and troll them back. You know, there's some way to handle it. You either PM the person or you just kind of let it, you know, just like let it go. Because you know you, you know you are you or you know you're good, right? Everyone does something differently and contributes to the art that's supposed to adapt in the first place. So how did I, you know, like in 2020, uh, where did everything go, right? Well, it stopped. I couldn't teach Kaj. I couldn't teach uh, any of the kickboxing or MMA classes or the boxing classes, anything. Tai Chi Chan Yoga, nothing. I it was pretty much laid off of all that stuff and the dojo was floating right? With uh, monies we were trying to build up. I'm a full-time instructor. Teaching martial arts is my job. It's my life, right? I do not have another job. I teach martial arts Sunday through Friday. I 
start my classes anywhere between nine and 10 in the morning. They're done at seven in the evening. Um, and I have breaks between where I can use the bathroom and I can shove a couple of cashews in my face for lunch and then move on to the next class. And I do have a thermos that has really good Hawaiian coffee in it, bro. I got to send you some of that stuff. It is great. But, you know, my life is revolved around the perpetuation of our traditions. You know, as Kajikembo practitioners, as what I feel as though my exposure to Nanoi, Sijo, and Parado, and my exposure to uh, Uncle Frank Ordonez, uh, co-founder, Professor Frank Ordonez, and being closer to them as well some of the other people that I've had the exposure to, and they all share a like principle. And I know deep down a lot of the Kajikembo practitioners, you know, more than 90% of us understand those principles because we all kind of came from that uh, generation of legends, right? So we always talk highly of those generation of legends as best we can without uh, smearing our own past as we move forward, adapting into the future. That's hard to do, bro. That's really hard to do because we got so much feeling behind it. Yeah. So that's where I came into the three, third quarter of the year in 2020. And everything was at a loss. And I know that I had my Tai Chi course program for videos and the Kajikembo side of that for my direct students and for you know facilities that are international. So I'm making coaches nationally and spreading the word internationally, having clients internationally. Um, I just, you know, certified a coach over in New York. It was all over the web. Hey, we have to adapt, right? So if I can't see this person and they need to be certified in order to approach the arthritis community as an arthritis certified instructor kind of thing, and, and then also going through my course for Tai Chi to understand this is the tool you need and these are the components you need. Here is what you need to study. Show me that you got it. Now let's work together continuously afterwards after your coach certification. And I'm doing coaches, right? It's not black belt. It's, it's a coach certification for a specific demographic. And that might be where it is for most of these practitioners evolving using virtual software. So I have that division, which, you know, helps. It really does. And I just started group classes back up, opening up the school again, which was great. But what about those other damn near six months, right? So I opened up the Kaju Life Shop and the Pro Shop. And I started just designing stuff because I'm like, bro, I am so bored right now. I've been sitting here for months and I am bored. And this is painful boredom, right? <laughs> And uh, I, I had done the OKO event, live virtual stuff, and that was great. That was like the highlight of my year, bro. Back in, in like June, late June, I was like throwing all that together. It was it was such a blast having the instructors, you know, shout out Michelle Manu, amazing, uh, great grandmaster, Jason Groff, thank you so very much, uh, uh, grandmaster Dean Goldade and uh, grandmaster uh, Zen Giles, Zen Dawson Giles. And then, of course, uh, my brother to the heart, man, Mickey Lopez, you know, Sifu Mickey Lopez. He 
he's a man, dude. He he is some fast hands, fast sticks, fast knives. He is blistering fast, bro. He just nails me in the crown of the head before I can even blink, bro. He's so damn fast. I love that guy. And such a such a humor on him too. I love that man to death. Anyway, um, you know, with with that, you know, kind of core group of people showing some really uh fun work. And then we had a performer, uh BJ uh Kanoi Hulen, right? Uh, he's a, a wonderful wonderful uh, musician you know with uh, hawaiian music you know especially that he plays other styles right but that's kind of like the forte right that's what he likes to to exhibit to people i met him at the pcc bro right oahu the polynesian cultural center for those that don't know what we're talking about if it's in code for all of you out there and uh the cat was an mc at uh the the luau right and i was wearing uh a kajukembo shirt Right. And, you know, if you in Hawaii wear a Kajikembo shirt, you're going to get flagged down by one of us. You know, we're going to come at you. We're going to like come up to you and be like, hey, bro, who, who are you trying with? You? Uh, who you play with? Eh? You know, uh, what you? Yeah. Right. And you're just going to, they're going to be like, hey, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm with uh, Ron Steller, you know, or I'm with so and so, or I'm with the Abads, or I'm with, you know, the Reyes group, or I'm with, uh, you know, the, the Cuscos. You know, it's like, so you kind of, you know, or, or the, the, you know, Emperados or whoever it is, right? Right. Uh, so they always kind of come at you and like, oh, yeah, awesome, awesome. And then you buddy up right there because you don't really know by reputation. So it's all good in the front end. Right. Until you know each other's reputation and who's doing what and what. And, oh, screw the politics, bro. Just aloha. We spread aloha. And that's kind of the, or the one of the biggest principles in the simplest on on the Kajikembo. Right. So I ended up saying, I'm, I'm bored as hell. I'm going to produce just like a bunch of images using Adobe Photoshop, you know, in, in conjunction with some cool music and whatnot. And I started messing around with the Clover. And uh, with the Clover, it came out with like a tribal overlay, a tribal overlay with uh, some distress layer remove and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, like I said before, you know, I put one of my first things in that I wanted as a collector's, which was this, you know, uh, Kaju Life snapback, right? And I just, it's, uh, it's, it's embossed, right? So that's uh, embroidered. And I just, I totally love this thing, right? And it, I don't, I don't want to like crease it. I still got my tags on it. I still got the paper in it. But bro, dude, this is like, this is fat, man. This is like, this is ready to go. No, I had a great time, man, with this one. And then I got a secondary one that I can wear, plus a regular one, kind of like the dad hat without the the mesh back, right? The flat cap there uh, that you can kind of cup in. And that one's pretty chill too. Uh, I, I was like, dude, if I'm going to do anything cause bro, it's gotta be the flip flops. Right. <laughs> so I ended up doing the, the flip flops. Okay. Um, I'm going to go retro, uh, here probably in next month. I'm doing designs for fanny packs. <laughs> nice. Even though no one's really doing fanny packs. Really. Hey, hey, hey Ro Rogan but, is. <laughs> <laughs> so, he will, there's, there's a marketing idea right there for you. I know, right? Right. Uh, and I'm currently, right now, I'm wearing the piped fleece jacket. That's It's got the Kaju Life insignia on here. And then if I can turn around and show you my backside, uh, how's that look? Can you see it? Yeah, it looks good. It looks good. Yeah, it's, it. it's uh, the Distress Design or Impact Design. Actually, while we're here, while we're here, is it cool? Since we're kind of wrapping up right now anyway. 
Absolutely. Is it, is it cool yeah. if I is it is it cool if I share my screen and we just check out the website real quick? Is that a is yeah? You, that's that's great. All right, here let's yeah. let's do that. I have I have a here. Let me, you got let me, the website up. The mytaichicourse.com yeah, yeah, forward slash shop. Yeah, I got the one that you sent me here. So I'm gonna go to right. Um, my tai chi. Can, can you say that for the listeners? Because the YouTube people, they'll be able to see it. Right but on. If you want, so for the podcast listeners out there, this is uh, mytaichicourse.com. That's M Y T A I C H I C O U R S E dot com. Um, again, it, it, it's just a a simple way for me to outreach to my clients directly uh, to provide them with a video resource, but then also to put the shop on. And I just expanded the the website to the shop back in August, and I felt like just some chill uh, Kajukembo designs and some clothes were were ready. Nice, yeah, I see that. That's really chill. Look at that. Uh, so yeah, right now if you go up to the top left, I'm wearing currently the uh, piped fleece jacket, and I was, you know, I have a couple of these and some older designs, but not of Kaju life stuff. Just in general, uh, you can probably see the back if you go down a little bit. Uh, there's the back of that scroll up yeah um and if you zoom in on that uh, yeah there so it it's kind of rough right there but it, it does have a distressed kind of impact look to it this thing is super comfortable i love it but i did a resize on the front uh label uh so if you go back to the front it's a little bit uh this one's the newer one which it's a little bit larger uh than the one that i have currently and i wanted to have that and i i find that it's it's really kind of a, a comfy uh, jacket. If we go back uh, to the other, uh, just to the shop in general, um, you know, there's the hoodies. Now that that thing right there with the yin uh, yang inside of the cube or inside of the box, there is just a, a personal design that I use for my website. That is my rendition of, you know, kind of making the yin yang into its unique design for my business. So that's my business design. Uh, but it's also the logo design. I thought it was pretty chill. And I like superhero t-shirts, you know, that have on the front, like the Green Lantern or the, the Superman or Batman, or you got that. And the distressed look with somewhat of the spray effect and all that, it, it reminds me of like the superhero t-shirts and stuff. So uh, there's compression gear and, um, you know, there's that the 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 red uh hoodie that you had there too uh that one right there is that a nice one yeah yeah that's this one right i really i, I mean I, I like the whole the entire line yeah. I, I have so that, if if that's was that the one that you were talking about earlier yeah that was the one i was talking cool. about that, that's the, right the, on the thank you hoodie. yeah that one's really um cool. I was having some fun with the Kaju Life series and the Mai Tai Chi Course series. If you scroll down, you'll see a lady in a, in a dress, right? Okay. And for that, if you click on that right quick, it's the Aloha series of, um, yeah, quick view there. And, and this is just, you know, 
it's like a just a, a sundress but a nightdress at the same time you can wear it on the island or you can wear it out and it's just like a quick tribal trim on the bottom it's got a, a plumeria on the left side upper lapel and i can customize those kinds of things make it in different fashions and there's also different colors that i can work with too so uh, if people are like hey that looks really nice and we want you to make something unique in that i can do that too uh, so I started a series that was Aloha, which also have kind of like uh, the Honu and all the other stuff that go with it, the, the turtle, the turtle, right? So if we go back uh, one to the main uh, shop page, yeah, and then scroll down below the gal with the dress, um, there's the beanie, there's those flip-flops, uh, but those are the newer flip-flops. You see these flip-flops right here, it, it has the clover but it doesn't have the Kajikemo thing. And then I got the beanie. I'm going to actually get a, a, an all over print beanie going on design. That's a classic for really fun, you know, weather. Uh, like you're, you're out there snowboarding. And we got some people that go out to the Tahoe area too. So scroll down just a little bit more, bro. Okay. So to the left is a similar style on the Aloha series that has the plumeria on the bottom of the bikini line. And then the uh, left side of the uh, bikini bottoms, it has on the front a plumeria as well. And it's just supposed to be a simple design. Uh, again, it's reversible. Actually, if you click on that, um, it has a coloration you see how it kind of flipped oh, right yeah, there. So, yeah, just to yeah. so it kind of goes with a another modification on the design right uh it might be able there okay so it it's the hawaiian tribal or just the tribal in general and what you would see on a tatao that has the plumeria inside of it um it's using again uh, photoshop in order to make the color gradient from like a hyper green to a kind of uh, neon hyper purple i felt like those were pretty chill colors um you know just coming out of that so there's the black and so that's the same that's the same uh bikini uh just you know, you know, you can kind of flip it over. So I was like, oh, if I can do the inside and the outside, I might as well make it two bikinis in one. And if you're traveling, um, then you would think that would be a plus because if you're out there, you don't want to pack two, you got two and one, you go out to the beach, you have the, the one there. And then you're like, okay, I can kind of throw it in the wash or not the wash, but like the sink for a bit, kind of get the day off of it. And then when I go out tomorrow or maybe even a little bit later today, I can just flip it inside out and go out and do the other thing. So I was going to make uh, a little bit more of the reversible since we're coming out on more of the springtime, but that was just kind of like a pilot with the tribal design, right? And then let's uh, go back just a little bit uh, to the shop there and go into that same row where the uh, bikini was. And to the right is the mask. Oh, yeah, the traditional red color with the black, everybody is a student T-shirt. So if you are a Kajukembo student, you're not wearing a black T-shirt, you're wearing white or you're wearing red. And that was most tradition. So the then when you see kind of that color contrast and you're thinking, why would I put that color scheme together? Uh, because you're working mostly with the black, white, red colors uh, that were coming from most of the traditional Kajukemo colors, right? And to the right is the premier face mask. We don't have to click on that one, but you know, you kind of get the idea. Uh, to the right is kind of a, a more of a special series. It's an all over print. It has a shoulder strap that goes from front to back. It has the sleeves in the same. It's more to me to fit this series. Um, 
or something similar to this series, I'd like to get a white trim on this hat here and then be able to pair that with the white with that. It, it kind of reminds me of like uh, what you would see kind of like an early millennium New York City style uh, or Philadelphia hip hop, right? So, and, sorry to interrupt you. Just for anyone watching, uh, my daughter my daughter's bombing. She's got a face paint and she's showing everyone. Say hi. Oh, that is so hi. cute. Hi. All right, baby. Hi. Okay. <laughs> that was so darling, dude. That was so darling. Yeah, she snuck well, in there. I could, I could not say something about a little girl looking like a, like an a, a face painted animal that, behind me. That, that, that is so cute, man. That is so cute. Well, uh, here I won't take up too much of your time. Here, let's go down just a little bit. And this is the Ohm series because I also teach yoga. So there's popular leggings as well, compression uh, gear at the top, as well. There's a um, you know, you, you see the, the flip-flops and the Mai Tai Chi course hoodie. Now, if you go down just a little bit more, uh, there's more of the Mai Tai Chi course, the print all over gray sweater collector series. We can go down just a little bit more. Uh, there's the Kaju Life embroider with the regular hat, you know, kind of the baseball cap, that tight fit. And that one fits really snug to my head, but that's down at the dojo right now. The Kaju hoodie the white one, we don't have to click on it, but the one with the white logo that has the shoulder strap, that one's chill. That one's right now in the wash. I wish I had that one ready right now, but that one, I, I really like that one a lot. It's super comfy, uh, and the print all over design looks really chill. It, it's not um, like a, a latex paint. It actually, it's, it's, in the, uh, it's in the fabric. So, And then there's the neck gaiter. Uh, we go down a little bit more. Uh, to that next layer, you see more permutations of the design, but it's, you know, some people really like the power words, uh, mind, body, spirit, speed, power, accuracy, stun, par, put away kind of things. You know, you'd, you'd like the, the Holy Trinity of that kind of stuff, right? Uh, being the, you know, faith, hope, and charity uh, clover right there in the center. And then the compression gear, leggings, it, the, the leggings, yes, they, they're being modeled at this time by uh, it, it looks like by a woman, but it's it's unisex. So it I, I should probably change the overall image because if you have compression gear, you know either compression shorts or compression pants, and you're wearing shorts over those, you know, kind of thing like the loose shorts, they they still work really well, uh, cause a, a fair amount of slippage and all that. You kind of move around freely. Uh, let's go down just a little bit, bro. And there's the compression gear uh, on the shirt side. Uh, simple logo on the front with a little, you know, bit of the logo on the back. Uh, we can go down just a little bit more. Uh, more permutation of the same thing for the students. Uh, we can go down just a little bit. And now this kind of steps into more of the Aloha. You see the flip flops with the turtles, the Honu series, the the Honu. Uh, style the same tribal design with the color and there's an iphone uh, case uh, some of those I, I sold a couple of those but i think those are moving out so i have to switch those out with something else here let's go down a little bit more oh uh load and i don't think we have too much more if you if you got it just a little bit of time and there's that snapback right there uh, along with the original flip-flops and uh the what i think is the prettier Honu plumeria, uh, kind of blue teal. Uh, let's uh, go down just a bit. Now, 
one of my favorite things, which I think I'm also going to end up having to give you because you look like you also teach and work a lot is a coffee mug. So one of my favorites is, and I, I got both, I got both the series, but let's click on that Kaji Lack mug. I love my Kaji Lack mug. This thing's great, bro. Um, yeah, the 360 design and there's two different sizes and it's, a uh, you know, it's, it's got the 15 ounce, which is definitely necessary. And it's got the other 12 ounce. Right. But yeah, it, it, it works. Right? It, it's, it's definitely, uh, uh, kept to drink my coffee out of when thinking about Kaji Kemba. <laughs> that's, that's sick. And I, I do, I drink, you know, I, as a Puerto Rican, I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> Ooh. Well, I, I'll, I'll give a recommendation to, uh, I'll, 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 I'll give you a recommendation to a really nice, uh, uh, coffee shop those that are listening out there if you if you're looking for a, a wonderful organic coffee uh is it okay if i kind of give a plug i mean they don't know oh yeah, yeah. go go, go, go. You know, i just drink their stuff it's like it's amazing right so if you're on oahu and you're in north oahu right uh there's a place uh that's on the intersection of the highways in north oahu and it's called green world coffee company and they are an organic seven acre plot that pulls from other organic plots throughout the islands their blends are fresh made and it is the best coffee i've ever had and i've i've had a lot of really good coffee i haven't quite had that cool and poor the catch coffee you know what i'm talking about the, the that one that special one there i i would like to at some point in time when i'm really eccentric and rich uh but i'm not i don't think i'm gonna end up getting there anytime soon bro because uh i teach martial arts for a living and i think that's another subject for another time right <laughs> this accessibility of uh having a, a decent living no uh you know for those out there uh, what is a full-time martial artist make when you diversify and you have a lot of tools that you kind of pull from um well the first you know 10 years in was under twelve thousand, and i had to work side jobs uh the following um you know five years from that point uh was getting me up to the fifty thousand line and then just shortly after that five year i've been doing this um building my clientele since 2000 and, you know, 2001. Uh, and, and so it's been about 20 some odd years in building my clientele and my community to where I'm over uh, 50,000 right now. And so there it's, it's higher than that, but at the same time, it allows me to, as a, as, as a, a self-employed person to have to dish out, you know, the, the taxes and everything else and be able to put money away uh, because it's, you know, I have to do my own private investments and all that kind of stuff. So I really have to tuck stuff away. So as a trying to be a responsible business owner whose primary income comes from uh, giving a service to people rather than a good and trying to interact with them positively and maintaining positive referrals and clientele. And just here, it's that it's been a good bread and butter. But yes, it's a job. It's just over broke. It's a job right? And that kind of leaves you with a weird feeling, but you have purpose, right? You're teaching martial arts to people that need it. And you, you have a story to tell when you do it. So for those that are out there that you're doing your struggle 
and you see people out there and you're you're still a martial artist you're doing your thing and you don't want to give up don't because the principle the purpose is 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 better than the pudding you know so you just kind of you know, work with your confidence you build yourself up and you keep moving forward you adapt to the times as they present it to you 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 continue to push you know and what you feel you believe to do is right and if you got naysayers you know be chill on it spread aloha be happy about it you know bring them in uh so that you can know how to negotiate it when they try to do something else right or just don't waste your time altogether you know you don't have to naysay and slam just keep it you know ohana and you say aloha and then you know good luck to you bro you know if that's the case um but in general you know, those are uh, talk story philosophy for uh, another podcast, maybe in a group kind of talk. I would, I'd love to jump on one of those. Right? Yeah, yeah. And no, I definitely would like to have you back with, for a black belt meeting. Oh, that would be great. Um, and I think it would be really good. I have been wanting to do a black belt meeting about balancing work life with trying to make it, trying to balance work life make money and at the same time do martial arts. And if martial arts is your main business, how, how that's done. If you're a retired fighter, which I am, how that work, what that looks like. Um, yeah, that's a whole other topic. And there's a whole oh yeah million oh, yeah. things that can go. So I'll definitely want to have you back for that. I want to mention that at the end of this episode, so people can mm -hmm. kind of keep that in mind at the end of this episode that we'll, Paul, I'll, I'm going to have you back for that topic. And then I'll remember when I, when I invite you back, but Tim, before you go, what are some final words, final Jerry Springer, final words, final, <laughs> final words that you'd like to share with my listeners or viewers? You know, I, I hope that, you know, when you listen to these podcasts that you walk away with as much of a positive feeling that I get when I listen to them. They're very educational. Uh, they motivate you. You know, you, you kind of listen to the ins and outs and you get people who have uh, quite a story to tell. So you just stick along with the Social Jello channel and you keep kind of, you know, supporting uh, the local. You, you, you try to do your best, like I say, to spread aloha as best you can and, you know, share in that family and kind of move forward, right? Um, to kind of second... Uh, kind of a second phrase like if if you're ever if you're just a listener but not a practitioner and you're getting curious about stuff there's resources you know like what we have here on social jello or people like me who are just open to talk if you just want to message us and and pick our brains about stuff uh, i i go to colleges and you know do hour-long discussions or more at uh, conventions for psychology and all of these other things so and do powerpoint presentations for masters and phds so i teach the, to them and then i talk about it to children too and so i try to do the five levels of explain explaining things to people uh from a very simple to a more complex form so if you have any questions for me on well Kajukembo and its parallels with other systems, or just want to talk about Kajukembo in general, as including uh, other Chinese martial arts, you know, of the softer styles or harder styles inside of the Chinese martial arts systems, uh, more to the point of the internal systems of Taiji Tran, Bakwa Chang, you know, Shim Yichuan, all of those particular modes. Uh, I'm happy to do that, including yoga and just basic meditation. 
if you're a you know tech geek like me and you want to talk about brain waves because I have you know some uh, mobile EEG you know strap it to your head and, and read your brain waves while you're doing meditation stuff and talk about the you know the numbers as they're going by and get wowed about a line on close graph on certain number values and you're going to be like oh man that's it then you know and you're a physics geek talk to me i love that stuff man i i have the original uh Feynman lectures college lectures in the red book form you know the the entire flight i just absolutely love it so from you know philosophy to physics to the physical side of martial arts i love talking about it's one of my my favorite things so you have resources out there that you have access to that are open for you to just chat it up and to not give you anything but what it is that you may be looking for, no pressure. Right? And where, so, where can people contact you? Where, where can they reach out to you? Well, you can, uh, as, as you had said, like the, the, it, like you can contact on Facebook or, or directly through my site. I would say the, the best thing since what we were talking about was at Pro Shop is contact me through that website. There should be an email associated, which is my tai chi course at gmail.com. Again, my tai chi course at gmail.com. That should get me directly. Um, and I have that, you know, kind of tethered into other devices. So I, I, I do usually answer within the day if that was the, the case. Uh, go on to the website. Uh, check it out. Most of it is uh, subscriber-based so that the website can stay up. Um, it is a small family, you know, kind of grouping. You know, it's it, it serves my community, and it's been uh, definitely helping me out in the harder times. Uh, but on there, it has all of my material, and I update my material every year or two years or just add more in in the periods that i end up producing it you know i'll put in a chunk of work edit that and throw that out there so you have resources for tai chi and kaj um resources for some pretty cool clothes if you want that if you're a kaj practitioner go for it bro you know and then uh on the other side of that just just to chat it up you know i'm really good with that sweet well you heard it here everyone definitely check out his website and Tim, thanks again for sharing your story. Thank you. And I'm definitely going to have you back on. We'll talk. We're going to chat some more about some more topics. And for right my on. listeners, stay tuned for the wrap up. And that's a wrap. Thanks for checking out Social Jello with Angelo. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share it with your friends. This show grows organically. So that goes with people like you watching and people like you listening. Um, click the link, share it with a friend who you think might enjoy it. If it uplifted you, hopefully it can uplift more people. All right. Y'all have a great week and I'll catch you later. Peace.